people, 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 welcome back to another pre-recorded podcast of the Arsenio Buck Show, doing it from my MacBook today, and today we're talking about more Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey, levels of communication. While I was reading this, I said, man, this could be of value to a lot of people, especially those of you who are in relationships. So basically, I created this graph. Of course, I saw this graph a little bit in Stephen Covey's book, and I said, you know what? I'm going to create it from this application. I'm going to put it on there so you can actually see how this, you know, basically it works. So low communication, and if you actually look at it on the blog, you can see it in writing. So let's just put it this way. Lowest communication, lowest form of communication, that's when someone and people are very defensive, protective, the legalistic language, as Stephen Covey has said. Basically, the people who make assumptions, the people who do not get the details before making, of course, you know, arriving to the right conclusion with the clear mind. And this is one of the biggest problems in terms of community. I mean, so many different things. Honestly, lowest communication. I used to work at, well, oh, everyone works at a place like that, right? My last job, we had the worst communication ever. I remember I would come in and say, oh, no one called you. There's no class today or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, it could be anything. It could be lowest communication in terms of, you know, when I was in somewhat of a relationship last November, um, there was a big miscommunication and then there was more miscommunication and there was more miscommunication. The reason it, it really sucks because now that I'm actually learning about this, I'm like, dude, I could have changed that entire or changed the entire outcome of that situation. But because... I, of course, I wasn't reading this and putting it into action. Well, that relationship completely fell apart. So, lowest communication, guys. That's basically either win-lose or lose-win. Only one party's going to win and the other one's going to be miserable. So, while, you know, having those forms of communication, I mean, massive miscommunication. I mean, dated back 10 years when I used to have a girlfriend way, way back when I was a damn child. You know, there was too much miscommunication because... Honestly, I would call her every day, call her every day. She was in California on her little vacation for three weeks. She did not pick up anything, anything, none of my calls. And when she did, she was, oh my gosh, she was an animal beyond belief. She literally made me cry out loud and my mom had to take the goddamn phone away from me. See guys, when this breakdowns in terms of communication like this, it's going to lead to hostility and no one's going to win. I can promise you that right now. And a lot of people are operating at this level. It's always a win-lose or a lose-win. One party is always going to be angry. Have you ever saw a happy couple? Like, I mean a genuinely happy couple. Okay, maybe on the beach somewhere in like Santorini or something like that. But I'm talking about everyday people being on, you know, going to the store, doing this, doing that. They don't look content. They look like they're dying together. Now, that could be, of course, because the relationship is falling apart. Or it could be because there's just so much communication breakdowns. And so if we move up to the next level, there's a little bit of trust. It's called a respectful compromise. Now, Stephen Covey, he labeled it this way. He said respectful communication works in independent situations and even in interdependent situations. But the creative possibilities are not open, such as, you know, what how open they would be if you use synergy. In interdependent situations, compromise is the position usually taken. The communication is it defensive, protective, or angry? It's just on you know honest and genuine. But again, you're not fulfilling the max achievement of what you can be doing. 
And so, then, we look at the third example. And I took this right out of Stephen Covey's book because, I mean, I thought, boy, you could not label this any better than how he did it. It was beyond brilliant. And so I'm going to run this tonight, and this is going to be a nice little situation for you guys that I'm going to run through. You guys can actually read probably about 60% of it on my blog, but you're going to have to listen to the end to ultimately understand how the emotional bank account and everything works. So here we go. Let's put it this way. It's vacation time. Husband wants to take the family out to a lake country, okay? Want to enjoy some camping and some fishing. The boys are psyched. Everyone's happy. Reservations are made. Everything's booked. They got the boat. Everyone is just excited about it. However, on the other side, the wife, well, she has an ailing mother. That's probably about 250 miles away. The mother's ailing. That means she's dying. She's sick. She doesn't have the opportunity to see her very often. And of course, this is very, very important to her, like it would be important to anyone else. So ultimately, what's happening right here? This is going to cause major, it's going to be a negative emotional banking credit. It's going to be overdrawn completely if they don't have these interdependent skills. And this is how normally how most relationships go into this. It's going to be a lose-lose situation. There's no win-lose or lose-win. The father can say, you know what, I have to cancel all this and do all this and then we'll have to go over there and the boys are going to be miserable at your mother's home. So let's do this break. Let's do this breakdown right now. So the father and the mother speaking. Here we go. The plans are set. The boys are excited. We should go on this fishing trip, the father says. The mother, however, says, but we don't know how much longer my mother will be around and I won't be able to, you know, I won't be beside her. This is our only opportunity to have enough time to do that the father goes on and talks about hey you know what i've had all year long and we've looked forward to this one week vacation the boys would be miserable sitting around your grandmother's house for a week or your mother's house for a week or whatever whatever it may be they it it would drive them crazy besides your mother's not that sick and you have literally your sister that's not too far away that could actually take care of her And you know what the mother went on to say? Of course, hey, you know what? She's my mother too. I want to be with her. The father says, hey, you can phone her every night. And we're planning to spend time with her at the Christmas family reunion, remember? And see, the thing is, there's nothing happening right here. Everyone is just making excuses and the bank accounts are getting even more. There are just withdrawals coming out constantly with every reply. So the mother goes on to say, she's like, you know what? That's not for five months. It's July right now. You don't even know if she's still going to be here. Besides, she needs me and she wants me. The father goes on to say, hey, you know what? She's being well taken care of. Besides, the boys need you too. The mother says, you know what? My mother's more important than fishing. And the father says, you know what? Your husband and your sons are more important than your mother. See, that's going to transpire into an argument. That's ultimately going to lead to a deteriorating relationship. That's going to lead to a lot of hostility and a lot of anger. And everyone's going to be angry. The boys are going to be angry. There's no compromise. And it's just a massive lose-lose situation. Everyone goes through this everywhere in the world. However, or maybe... If they cultivated the habits of effective interdependence, they approach their differences from an entirely different paradigm. Their communication is on a higher level. Because they have a high emotional bank account, they trust and open communication in their marriage. Because they think win-win, 
they believe in a third alternative, this alternative, a solution that is mutually beneficial for both parties. Because they listen empathically and seek first to understand, they create within themselves and between them a comprehensive picture of the values and the concerns that need to be taken into account in making a decision. That's right out of Stephen Covey's book. So what happens? Now, of course, that ends. That's where the blog ends. Because I want you guys to come on in here. And I want I want to tell you where by where exactly how this can ultimately work. Because a lot of you, I know you guys make these risky and crazy decisions every day. And you guys are like, dude, this is going to help me a lot. Well, let me give this to you. This combination of those ingredients that I just stated. It's going to ultimately propel you to a high emotional bank account. Thinking win-win. Seeking first to understand. It creates the ideal environment for synergy. You know, Buddhism, the real Buddhism, not the Thai Buddhism, but the real Buddhism calls it the middle way. Okay? And middle does not mean compromise. It means higher. The apex of a triangle. So, let's break down this situation again from a different aspect. So as the mother and the father, the husband and the wife, as they communicate, the husband really deeply feels his wife's desire, her need to be with her mother. He understands how she wants to relieve her sister who has had the primary responsibility for taking their mother's care. He understands that they really don't know how long she will be with them and that she certainly is more important than fishing. And the wife deeply understands her husband's desire to have the family together and to provide a great experience for the boys. She realizes the investment that has been made in lessons and equipment to prepare for the fishing vacation. And she feels the importance of creating good memories with them. So they pull those desires and they're not on opposite sides of the problem anymore. They're together on one side. They're looking at the problem, understanding the needs and working to create a third alternative between them. So, of course, the husband says, he says, you know what? <sighs> Maybe we could arrange another time within the month for us to visit your mother. I could take over the home responsibilities for the weekend and arrange for some help at, you know, at the first of the week so that you could go. I know it's important to you to have that time. Or maybe we could locate, of course, a place to camp and fish over there close to your mother. Never thought about that, right? And so the boys wouldn't be, you know, just climbing walls and they could, you know, they could be doing so many other things that are that's more closer to your mother's home. We could even plan some recreational activities with the cousins, the aunts, the uncles, which would be an added benefit. You see, that's not compromising. That's working together as one, looking at the problem on the same side of the equation. See, that's synergy. See, they communicate back and forth until they ultimately come up with that solution. Of course, that solution that feels, you know, good between the both of them. It's better than the solutions either of them originally proposed and especially the arguing. It's better than compromise. Instead of transaction, it's a transformation. They get what they both really want and build their relationship in the process. So, guys, this is why it's such a, you know, especially while I was reading that, I was like, man, have it, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. You guys are listening to this right now, but you're probably saying, oh, my God, there was probably a particular moment 
in this relationship that I could have done that. Not compromising. No. It's about looking at the problem on the same side of the equation. And coming up with different options. Be like, okay, listen. I got it. Your mother. All right. So this is what we're going to do. Your mother's sick. I've booked out everything. How about this? We find a place closer to home. Okay. We could get something whereas I could take the boys out. Uh, you know, on different days, and we could do this, we could do that, and then of course you could stay home, I could pick you up, I could bring you some food, we'll stay there during the evening, we'll go out back during the day, take care of your mom, I'm telling you man, and that she would be so damn happy, because basically, you and the boys are still happy, and at the same time, you guys are still taking care of the mother, god damn, that is a damn good deal, see, that's what I love about learning personal development, because that Nice little couple of pages that I just, of course, read to you. Oh, man, that has probably helped you a tremendous amount. And if you guys find this useful, as always, share this with other people out there. If you liked it, share it. If you shared it, that means you liked it. Again, thanks for tuning into this podcast. Guys, there is a potential. I'm not going to say three podcast interviews. But I got one tomorrow morning, Bree Seely. She's actually been on NBC and PBS and a couple of other things. We're going to be talking about, of course, mindfulness. We're going to be talking about a few other things. And then I got one of my main guys that I work out with, the absolute beast of the East. His name is Mark. He is Thai, but he does not look Thai. We got a lot of funny things to talk about. This is going to be a more laid-back interview. And then I'm trying to get a girl that has done the Spartan Ultra on my podcast. We're going to wait and see if she actually emails me back. So I'm very, very excited about these guys. So many great things coming to you guys. And hey, just stay tuned for the rest. As always, this is your host Arsenio. Over and out.